Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Today, we've got a bit of a different episode coming your way. In this episode, I talk with award-winning director Saman Kesh. Kesh is known for his narrative music video work with artists such as Basement Jacks, Calvin Harris, and Placebo. In our broad-ranging conversation, we talk about the creative process in having ADHD, medication, therapy, and a whole host of other topics. This episode is a bit more of the practical side of managing your ADHD, and there are great tips littered throughout the episode. If you'd like to follow along in the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash Kesh. And hey, just as a note, if cursing isn't your thing, maybe sit this one out. And without further ado, Saman Kesh. So when I was when I was twelve, I was diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, um, and uh, it was like that was like the, I think right after the trials um, where they could prescribe it, like pretty much I think in California. And, you know, I was prescribed, didn't know any better, kind of just took the meds. I found they kind of helped. I kind of found that like, I didn't want to eat a lot of food. I found like there were all these things. And I, and I found I was always angry at a certain part of the day and I didn't really understand. And then there were times where I missed my meds and my parents would kind of try to like sneak it into like my breakfast or like, like I was a dog or something because <laughs> I didn't want to take it. And, you know, over time I learned what it did for me and I learned like when I didn't take it, but I didn't really care too much. And then around, I think when I graduated high school, I, I went to a doctor who was very kind of hippy dippy and was like, I don't think you should take Adderall anymore. And I was like, why? And she's like, well, here's some side effects that we're learning. And mind you, this is six years after I was starting to take it. And, you know, there was lots of things like something she showed me on my growth chart. I was stunted and all these things. So I was like, fuck meds. I'm not going to take meds anymore. And so I got off ADHD uh, or uh, ADHD. I got off ADHD. I chose to get rid of the disorder. Uh, I got off Boom. <laughs> uh, Adderall and, you know, I went to film school and, you know, I, it was, it was bearable. It was still fucking hard. But what I noticed was that film school had a structure. It was like, it had a rigidity. It had deadlines. It had classes. It had times. Yes. I was always late. Yes, I had excuses where I could have excuses. I would stay up all night because I didn't plan correctly um, and, you know, all this stuff. But it was still structured. And then after I graduated, I, I, was, I had a fortunate situation where in the middle of school, I made a viral music video and I pretty much my career sort of took off while I was still in school. And I was doing music videos for like Calvin Harris and a lot of big artists, Ed Sheeran. And, and like, so when I graduated, I was working, but I... I was getting slaughtered. It was like the most painful, uh, confusing, just kind of self-hating experience because I, I, and it wasn't because I wasn't on the meds. What I realized is, oh, time management, structure. I don't have a classroom. Each job is in a class. You're bidding on multiple projects. You're writing a treatment to Calvin Harris. You're writing a treatment for this job to Nike, to this, to that. And you have to choose what to say yes to, what to say no to. Back then you say yes to more because you don't have the luxury to say no. And, but even now I have a hard time, right? Cause ADHD people are, we're people pleasers. So I want to say yes to every project and you fucking can't. My partner, who's my producer, who is the opposite of ADHD. It's fucking painful for her because she's like, you can't do this much stuff. I'm like, what do you mean? You know? And, and the reality is that, that very thing. So 
I had to get back on meds. I got back on Adderall. It was actually funny. I learned my dad was diagnosed, which makes sense genetically. And that, yeah. and he was like, you know, he's this Iranian, you know, immigrant who's like, what the fuck is ADHD? Blah, blah. <laughs> and, you know, he took meds and he couldn't do it. He was a little too old and he, he got angry and he just decided I've lived with this without meds. I don't want meds. He was like, do you want them? And I was like, shit, let me try them again. And I remember when I got on them again, I was like, fuck, man. I got to, I got to get on some form of meds and I'm going to just stick to this for now. And it it made life a little easier. But what I found was, you know, over time, I, I I didn't feel it was sustainable. And I switched to some Vyvanse, which is another medication that I use. Um, I found that it kind of had a little bit of the extended release of Adderall, but I just didn't like getting high and then having lows. Like I don't, a lot of people like the high, but I find the high to be delusional to me. And I think that naturally, like, I don't like, I don't have mania or anything like that. I have like a cyclothemia, which is a lowercase bipolar disorder, which I found out very recently, um, which is means I have like very intense lows and they last for a long time, but I don't have mania. So, um, which is fortunate because a lot of stimulants will fuck you up if you have a lot of mania, like it'll exacerbate it. And so a lot of people who have ADHD and bipolar, like they can't even take ADHD meds. So they can only take bipolar meds. So um, I'm able to take Lamotrigine, a very underdose. It's actually 75 milligrams, which has helped a lot. But um, it's, um, yeah, it's been kind of a struggle. But I would say that like my experience in the creative field is like, I don't, having ADHD and watching all the, listening to these podcasts, you know, like attitude, reading attitude, like, you know, vlogs and stuff like that and blogs. I think that like, there is a focus sort of on just like functioning in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's not a lot of examples of like creative stuff. And and I think like, I don't know anyone in my industry, in my business that has ADHD. And, And I don't know if it's people have tried to become directors, have tried to Etc. But like, it's weird. It's a little alienating. And it's it, it shows that I have maybe come a long way. I have probably a lot of luck, but I know I can do it. And I know that a lot of other people can do it. And I don't, it's not minor. My ADHD is pretty intense. Like I have, I, I'm very porous with boundaries. Like, you know, if I hear, you know, Nicole, my partner on the call on the same job and I hear her talking, all I hear is her talking. I can't function here. I'm done. Yeah. If I hear words like, for example, why I love being in Japan, why I love listening to the band CROs, why I like being in a coffee shop with noise canceling headphones is I just hear humans, but I can't hear their words. I can't know what they're saying. That's just noise. And then that's okay. I'm also very sensitive to certain noises. You know, I can't allow things to keep going. Someone forgets their alarm on their phone and it's just going off forever, ever, ever. So it's, it's, it's hard. Everything is just hard mode, but I did it. And I feel like a lot of it was my drive. A lot of it was also just like being almost intentionally creatively OCD about organization, just like having rituals. You know, I meditate, I sit in the shower. I I ask myself the same five questions over and over about what I'm doing, how I'm feeling. I kind of gamify, play a lot of video games, which apparently is something that uh, is very helpful. People have ADHD as long as they don't have addictive personalities um, because you get a lot of reward out of it. But I also think like what I like doing is I, I use it as a way to not take things personally, because I, I think something that a lot of people don't realize, and I don't know if anyone's a, uh, is a fan of this, this author, but Gabor Mate is a brilliant author. Um, he wrote it. I forgot the book that he wrote, but, um, it's an ADHD book and it's, he's a boomer. 
And his mom, you know, survived the Holocaust. And he's, he's very a little nihilistic about things. But when you see how he breaks down what an ADHD person is, a very sensitive person that essentially is so overstimulated that we tune out. You know what I mean? And I, I cried really hard when I read his book because I like everything he talks about. It's just like everything is from sensitivity. Everything is from sensitivity, from tantrums to frustrations, from shutting down. It's just you're overstimulated. We're sensitive creatures. With sensitivity, it comes the best art, the best artists. Rumi, the best, a Persian poet, invented poetry, essentially. He was somebody that they believe was bipolar and had ADHD. He was incredibly sensitive. And I think, you know, there's probably a lot of undiagnosed ADHD out there in the creative world and people I talk to who don't even know they have it because maybe they had better coping skills and they grew up in a certain way. So, you know, I think, um, I guess that takes me to about the present point, but I think there's just not a lot of topics on it. Um, Lots of thoughts. Cause I, I mean, what I think a lot of people overlook is they think I'm going to go to the doctor and they're going to give me the right med. And there's no like diagnosis for what the right ADHD med is. Mm-hmm. It can be a process. Mm-hmm. And I know when I first went on the journey of getting on meds too, I was like, I don't want to seem like I'm trying to get meds either. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's all the stigma of meds being like addictive and stuff. And I'm like, they're going to think I'm, you know, just trying to get pills. <laughs> <laughs> Which they still do. They do to me too. If it's a pharmacy that doesn't know me, I'm like, a, I'm a criminal before they decide that it's okay. It's yeah. yeah so I hear you on that. And yeah. So I don't want to go to my doctor and be like, I want to play around with my structure, even though I know my doctor would like, I have a great doctor for this and it would be fine, but it's still, I'm like, I can see how that'd be such a huge issue for people is trying to get onto the right meds and not realizing that, Hey, if one doesn't work for me, maybe something else will. Cause there's a lot of options. You yeah, want well, also it's, it's the, it's the idea of, how do you know something doesn't work, right? If you've never been on anything and you go, this is doing something, a lot of people think doing something is right, you know? And if I was still on Adderall, I'd still be fine. I'd still be doing what I'm doing. It's just, again, it's like at a certain point, and maybe it's because I got off of it for a few years that I know what it was like not on it. And I, I can say this, that when I don't take my, my pills, like sometimes I'll have breaks, I'll have a day or two where I take a break and like when we go on a vacation or something like that, I'm just really like loosey goosey and just like very playful. I don't actually take things personally. I just like allow my ADD to roam free. It's like unleashing the dog, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I think a lot of people actually like, they don't know how to embrace ADHD. Like I believe in the neuro tribe. I believe that like, we're all designed to be in a community. You have your shaman, you have your like, you know, the, the account brain, you have the doctor brain, you have, you know, I, I believe ADHD is kind of like maybe a cross between like the hunter and the storyteller, you know, like one of the two, like, and sometimes it's like both Does the hunter graduated to the storyteller to teach the hunters or something, you know, like, but it's very visceral, you know, people have ADHD or here's a profession that has a lot of ADHD formula one driving. I did not know that because when it, when you're hyper stimulated, somehow we become geniuses, you know, and that's why we take stimulants. All of those ADHD meds are stimulants. They're just getting you high. So when someone who doesn't have ADHD takes that, it's like cocaine for us. We're just like, hello, we're functional, you know, and it's because our brain needs that. And it's why a lot of us are risk takers. They do fucking fucked up shit and drive their cars fast. It's because that's the only way to wake them up. And, and I think like, we have talents, we have gifts. And amidst my 
a bunch of people talking on a zoom and they're just normal brains, whatever that means, you know, people who don't have ADHD and they, you know, neurotypical, I guess, brains, whatever they're talking really fast and you go, Oh shit, I can't input this fast. Fuck I'm dumb, you know, and you self judge and you go, do I, do I say, I don't understand anything. Or do I just go, uh-huh, and I do the, you know, the, the, the George Costanza and Seinfeld when he's like peeing next to his boss and the boss says something and he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, but he has no clue what his boss said. And the whole episode is him trying to figure out, what did my boss say? I just said, yes, I can't go back and say I didn't pay attention. That fucking shame exists, you know, but like, it's also a gift. You're going to catch things, you know, in my profession, I catch things all the time that people don't catch. I hear things. I feel things. I'll have editors who won Academy Awards send me a project file because they can't feel something that I feel. And then when I do it, they see it, they all feel it. They don't know how to explain it, you know? And, and I think that those are elements where it's, it's hard to say that that's a gift because there's so much other shit that's fucked. There's so many things that it takes us nine years to do, like folding our clothes. I was cooking chicken yesterday, marinating it. And just like chopping the chicken was so long <laughs> when I, when I would look at Nicole, she was like ready, stir fry is ready. And I'm like, I haven't even marinated anything. <laughs> Sometimes I want to cry. Sometimes I get angry and I project it. It's like finding gifts. And, and I think people who have ADHD are not designed to shove themselves into the whole of society. It doesn't mean they have to go anarchist. It's just like, I believe people who have ADHD. There is intuit, intuitive things that need to come out. You know, and, and I think that a lot of people don't believe they can get there or they haven't even thought about it, you know, and I, but I know a lot of people like I, if you read the Gabor Mate book, like he has an excerpt of a man who thought he was so dumb, he sabotaged his own ability to like learn how to read and write. And when you see this guy and he gave him an IQ test and he found the guy was fucking a savant, but he had one area of problem solving he couldn't do, which messed with his writing. And when you see the poor guy, he, he literally gives you an expert. He, he shows you how the guy wrote to his handwriting, which like, looked like he was 12. And it was, it, you know, I'm sure everybody's going to cry when they get to that point because the guy was like, I'm dumb. I have the, da, da, da. and like, he, he didn't understand anything he had of a disorder. He was a 55 year old man, but he was actually incredibly smart. And that, I think that that's kind of a stigma that I have learned later. I didn't really, I think if I was young and I was told that I, I had that or I was dumb or, you know, I came from a family that was hard on me, I, I don't think I would have been able to understand that, you know? So I think, you know, the meds are one step, but you've got to have some kind of coaching and counseling. You got to have, and, you know, there's some great coaches out there, some great ones on Zoom that you can find if they're not local, if you live in a town that just doesn't have a lot of that kind of thinking, it's okay. There's a lot of people who are willing to help. And I think that like, I, I didn't have that. My dad didn't even know he had ADHD. And I, I've learned this very recently. I, I got an ADHD coach recently because he's been kind of in another part of his life now, but like, it's super important to get the skills to deal with it because I think um, you'll find that you're a genius actually, and you'll create systems. You know, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this that has ADHD has created systems to bypass deficiencies, you know, whether it's like leaving your socks by the door, always, whether it's leaving certain things out, like one thing I can say is helpful fucking hooks yeah, all over your goddamn house, <laughs> because then it's like organized and each hook has its purpose, but it's there. It's there. You know, it's not out of sight, out of mind, which is a huge problem with, with ADHD as well. Like you just, you forget it exists. Well, and the hooks create that like very specific spot. The thing has to go. Yes. So it actually yeah. gets put away. It's like, oh, well, it's super easy because 
I hate hanging stuff up in my closet. Yes. I'm like putting something on a hanger. That's going to take a year or so. Um, <laughs> putting my robe up on a hook, two seconds. Yeah, it takes two seconds. Exactly. And I think, and, and there are ways to go, okay, what goes in the closet? Okay. The closet goes in a very particular type of thinking. Like what, for example, I have like a game drawer and it's all my controllers, my retro controllers, my new controllers. I compartmentalize it, but it's a, it's a, it's a drawer where I know I'll want to access. And it's really about care level. What do you care about? What do you love? And hierarchy that. And, and you know what I mean? And it's okay if someone comes over and go, damn, you got a lot of hooks. That's their problem, not your problem. You know what I mean? It's just like, if that helps you organize. But I think a lot of, again, a lot of people, it's like they're trying to take a med and pretend they're normal. And it's just like, you can't do that. And I think, I think I was just really lucky. And it wasn't because I was like, I have ADHD and I'm not normal and I'm going to own it. I think I was a nar- I'm a narcissist and I think I'm just like, I'm special. I'm creative. I can do things people can't. I had no clue it was ADHD or ADHD was an avenue to channel those things. I had no clue, you know? And so, and a lot of times I still don't have a clue, but it's like, I think the pretending you're something you're not is also never going to help. And I do think the stigma around ADHD is like, so what? I have a hard time focusing. And a lot of people will do that. A lot of people will, will downplay whatever you're going through, not because they're mean. It's mostly because they don't understand. And it's because also people um, don't really understand ADHD. They don't, they don't understand if it's a byproduct of another disorder or it creates another disorder. And, and, it, and it's true. There isn't. Even Gabor Mate says that there seems to be a gene pool of ADHD and then you need an unlocking mechanism. You need a form of trauma or if your mom, while she's pregnant, you know, releases a lot of cortisol it fucking stresses you out and you're triggered and you're going to have ADHD. There's nothing you can do about it, you know, or it happens like, you know, I think mine unlocked during immigration trauma. I think watching my mom be on antidepressants and seeing how hard it was for her to transition and just the racism here at that time, because there was Gulf war happening. I'm pretty sure that was like boom, my ADD kicked in there and, and hearing the way my parents say I shifted in personality immediately after we uh, immigrated, that was like, okay, I think that's where it unlocked. And there's a, like my brother, for example, he, I believe has very low key ADHD is very different than the rest of my family, but his, it's insane the, what the guy can do in one day. And I know it's because he just ran away from my parents emotionally. He just didn't spend a lot of time with them, moved out very early. He just got the fuck away. And, and he, there was very little trauma on his side when it came to like the unlocking thing. So I think like we don't respect our condition enough. And I think it's, and by respecting, it doesn't mean, oh my God, it's a problem. It's more about the yin and yang of it. And, and, you know, I don't know, Will, if you, if you have experienced this where you are, there are things you realize, wow, this is a superpower kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's I always stray away from the superpower wording just because I'm like, you don't need accommodations for a superpower. So there's also the whole like aspect of if this is something we want insurance for, then we can't have it be a superpower. But at the same time, yeah, I can get a ton of stuff done really quickly. I mean, it's interesting with this whole uh, hearing that you don't have like other directors that have ADHD because ADHD is such a so strongly correlated with creativity. Mm-hmm. seeing things. I find one of the biggest strengths with ADHD is problem solving because I will just look at a problem and be like, oh, this is the obvious solution. And people are like, that's the obvious solution. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And they're like, it's a good solution, but I would have never thought of that. And I'm like, 
how else would you solve this? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a, that's fantastic. I remember, so uh, Victoria Hotchberg, she was one of the original directors of Sex and the City, and she was one of our directing teachers, um, was directing 101. And she just, she called me out in really interesting ways. And I interpreted everything as an insult and calling me out. But over the course of the class, all she was doing actually was just calling out my uniqueness. And one thing she said is, you see the world and problems and creativity and storytelling in completely different ways. Like, cause when she would say, what's the theme of this movie? What's this, what's this, what's this, I would get it right. But like, I would hang on to things that were just so, whoa, how did you sort of like have this 4d view of this thing? It's not that it's more than 3d 4d is totally different than 3d. It's not more. It's why the numbers of D don't make sense to me. Yeah. It's 40 is just a different dimensional plane, you know, and you just see it different. And, and that's a fantastic example because that to me is a gift. It's just the world doesn't want that to be a gift because we promote normalcy, but like, that's, that's what the world promotes, you know? And I think honestly, like, I'm fortunate. I think the reason I direct, I can, I can say this, not because I want to, I didn't choose to do this. Do I can't paint. I can't draw. I can't do any of that stuff. Even if I had the skills, I don't think my brain can do those things because I need the stimulation of other people. And I love that other people who have a brain that I don't have can help me achieve the vision. You know, uh, again, my partner, it's like her brain. You look at her, the way she fucking handles a spreadsheet. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is that? Like she had to teach me how to look at a spreadsheet and not my eyes go fucking Austin Powers cross-eyed. It's insane. So I think like it's it's really that thing where you're like, you're right. When you, if you're in a group of people and you're problem solving, like are, those other people might be right. Half the time they might be right, but it's like you found the creative solution. And to them, they're just like this, they're going left brain. I, my therapist now does a very type of um, uh, somatic experiencing where she accesses your body and she does EMDR as well. And she says people who have ADHD have their, their you know, their, the frontal lobe. Is, is deformed, is essentially underdeveloped. And that's where the, like, Gabor Mate's theory of trauma and um, unlocking the ADHD comes from, which is your frontal lobe is locked at whatever age was the most pertinent stunt, the most, the most intense stunt. So I believe my frontal lobe is like a nine-year-old. The, the energy regulation, meaning like how much energy you put into something, um, the amount of being able to control emotions and, and not spilling it or, or getting upset or having a tantrum time management, which all of us know is, is the most obvious, you know, the last one would probably be, um, you know, which, which she kind of says is, is like a natural form of autism, which is not being able to quite connect with other people because, um, and, and being able to register your frontal lobe also helps you register a, a tone within the room. And, and like, you know, with a lot of autistic people, like the most extreme is like, they can't really faces are hard for them to read, like on the most le extreme level. It's not hard for me. I can direct actors and see falseness and all that stuff, but it's a very specific social group setting where I completely don't understand what's happening. And, and, it, and, and, and she says that a lot of people with ADHD tend to have this. It's just on various levels and their personality types and how they were raised. But there is a misunderstanding of energy in a room and saying something really awkward. I don't know if this happens to you, but I'll say shit. And then there's this moment where it's like, did 
people not like what I said because they don't respond. They don't say anything. They just like hear it and stop talking Mm -hmm. or just go off and say whatever they want. And I'm like, maybe they didn't understand what I said. And I try to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I can also take it personally. And, and that, that's the final thing she says is, is sensitivity. People who have ADHD are just sensitive creatures and they emote more. And one thing she said with all of those is that it's left and right brain um, dysfunction. And the frontal lobe creates um, a disorder where you just cannot, the left and right brain cannot talk very well. And you either want to be here or you want to be here. The back and forth, it's why we have a hard time. You notice when you're working on something and then suddenly someone needs you to switch tasks for a second and then come back. It's like the hardest thing, right? You can you can do it yourself because you're like stimulated, but to, to be forced to do that is insane. And it's that's left, right. You have to go to this side to go, I need to switch. And then you need to go back to this side. That's hard. And with EMDR, she does this thing where for me, she just does this. She moves her hand, finger from left to right. And then she asks you a question. And, and it's because by doing that, your eyeballs are triggering left to right, left to right, left to right. And she'll even do one where if I'm in person with her, not on Zoom, she'll put this vibrating thing like literally under my butt. And it will vibrate right butt cheek, left butt cheek, right butt cheek, because, you know, uh, especially in males, you're just really stimulated in that region. And so, like, that's the most intense way for to get just right, left, right, left. And then she'll just talk to you while this thing is going left, right, left, right. And it's intense. Like, I'll start crying. I had a loved one pass away not too long ago. And, like, that will just start pouring out. And it's it's insane kind of how um, we don't really understand the the condition quite yet but it is fascinating to be like it's real when those things happen you you know um but there are ways to cope like one again an exercise she has me do is just look left look right look left look right and like maybe and find some grounding things to look at you know before you react um another thing is stimulating yourself like finding ways to like which naturally we all do like that's sure anybody listening now is like i stroke my beard you know, I, I, I do this, I twirl the front of my hair, you know, and really all of that is stimulating this part of your brain. You're trying to get it moving, you know, and it's, and it's so fascinating, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know how I got there. That's an ADD right there, but yeah, I mean, it's all good. I mean, I so much there with the like body, like holding on to trauma in ways that we don't realize. Yeah. Well, you, you had an episode about the wall. Was it the wall of shame or wall of awful wall of awful? I remember I was on a jog listening to that. I think that was like the second or third episode I've heard of yours and of your podcast. And I I just remember being like, wow, that's genius. And that of course could only happen with someone with ADHD. That invention and metaphor is exactly (laughs) what we're so good at. And it's just like, it's perfect. It's just like, it adds up and then we hold it. And and it was interesting when I was listening to that episode, I was listening to the, the whole, our body holding that, like that brick, that, that wall that where we store that is like, it's in our body somewhere. And, you know, for me, it's like my lower left back, which in Eastern medicine, they connect with shame. You know, it's always like, if I get an argument with Nicole or we get into like a big fight and I'm angry, but really if I listen to my body, I'm ashamed. I feel ashamed. You know what I mean? And it's, it's interesting where people have it. Like I have some friends where they get it in their neck that have ADHD, you know? Um, and, and, and again, like with the somatic experiencing, it's great. And I know people on this listening might not have the ability or luxury to get a type of therapy, but like there's courses online um, and there's lots of really interesting things. And um, I think that 
potentially my creative um, lifestyle hinder some of my own personal uh, growth in ADHD because as a director, you work on your own timeline, you take jobs, which makes everything harder because you don't have a structure. A lot of ADHD people, I think, don't strive to do something outside of structure because they need that, you know, and it's hard to self-generate because that's part of the deficiency is the opposite of that. Like we don't, we don't, we kind of want to be, I even say sometimes that I'm a tank, just tell me where to go and I will destroy that building in one blow, you know, but like, I don't know, I'm just going to be this fucking slow arm moving and not get anything done, you know? And, and so part of it is like, wait, but you're a director you have to choose what to fucking blow up, you know? And that's really scary. And I could see if a person told me how hard life was going to be with this disorder, it would be also the opposite. So it's like, it's, I want to encourage the optimism rather than, than, than the, 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 you know, it's like ableism versus disabledism, you know? And, and I think that that's really important. And I know that's kind of like a hopeful thing. And, you know, the science has to back it up, but there are plenty of people who have ADHD who are fucking brilliant doctors who have three PhDs and they got there, you know, um, and they're 65 years old and they didn't know they had it. And I think, you know, my, my, like my dad, who's 73 now and watching him try to find his biking shorts and like seeing him pace around so much. I'm so grateful that he's an example of a person that didn't have the, 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 the lessons, but I'm also grateful for all those other things that, you know, you know, he taught me about like the body. He was an athlete. He was a professional soccer player. And so was my grandpa. And so I, I hearing you talk about storing the trauma and storing the pain, it's like, that has also been a way for me to access, you know, the body more. And I, and I think we're body creatures. I don't know what you think, Will, but it's like, I, I don't, I feel like with ADHD, it's like, we are actually, I think, designed to access our body a lot. And and I don't know, like we get stuck in the opposite direction. And I don't, I don't know what that is and why. The way I think about it is that we get this idea of the mind body connection. And I'm like, no, there's just one system there. Mm-hmm. Their brain is part of the body. It's not separate. And so mm-hmm. it has to access all that information all the time. And it has this ADHD makes this harder because it doesn't know what to prioritize or what to uh, filter out we have the mind body connection idea. That's like, Oh yeah, we have all this information going back and forth all the time. And it's confusing. Yeah, it is. I mean, are you, what do you do for physical stuff? Are you, do you like cycle or do you do anything? Do you like meditate? Like what, what are your personal practices? Uh, I do a lot of walking, um, especially mm-hmm. out in nature. Uh, Cause I'm fortunate enough to live in a place where I can go on a hike, just walk out my door and then go, five minutes over to a hiking trail, uh, like getting out of nature is great and just walking. Um, but also, you know, I, like I used to love to really play a lot of ultimate Frisbee and just really doing a lot of running. And it is amazing when you're really using your body, how focused your mind gets and how I'm not thinking about all those other things in my plate. I'm just going, okay, I need to get there really fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when, when you're on trails and people are like, where do we go? You're just like, you're like a tracker, you know, you're just like, boom. Okay. There. Uh, this is, yeah. It's fascinating. You become clear. It's like, I would say the cl- cl- cleanest thing is for me in my life with my mind. Yes. Hiking, uh, 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 even doing crazy stuff like hit cardio, just like getting my body active and listening to it. And, and like knowing like, I'm safe here. Like, this is like, my body is safe, but you're right. Like uh, 
you're absolutely right. Mind body connection. Like I'm even guilty of saying that when you are totally right. And I remember as a kid being like, wait, this is our body. When, if you look at the body diagram, you type it in Google, it's got the head on there. Yeah. It's not cutting off the head. We have somehow put so much importance, I think mostly Western cultures, but so much importance here that we don't understand that we, and we sort of think that this is a tool when it's like, nah, man, like we're closer to, we're closer to octopus than you think to an octopus than you think, you know, like mm-hmm. our brain and our body are one. The nervous system is here too. It's not just here. It's like, you know, in Eastern philosophy, they have the mind, right? The heart mm-hmm. and the gut. And, and the gut is a representation of just that unexplainable visceral thing, you know, and that was their storytelling thousands of years ago. That was their storytelling of understanding the connection. We sort of seem to have been like, you know, desire calculator, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's just like, whoa, guys, like, why are we labeling things like this? We don't know what the fuck we're talking about yet, you know, but I think that's great to hear you do that. And I think that like, I don't, I, I think that, you know, it's, I think we more than any type of chemistry and I'm, I'm sure, I don't know if you've had interviews with people who don't have ADHD or just study it or have related to it, but it's like, I can see people who don't have ADHD and then they, you know, their bodies fall apart. They've been so blocked. They work out and they're, you see them running and I'm like, you're destroying your body. Like watching my dad and my grandpa be fucking beasts of athletes and know how to, how do you sustain running for the rest of your life? You got to run this way. And when you see people go, and I'm like, that guy's destroyed in 10 years, you know, Mm -hmm. but he he literally is so here, this is all shut off, you know? And I'm like, maybe that's another thing because my, all my people, friends that have ADHD, they are body conscious. Doesn't matter how in shape, out of shape, mid shape they are. Like there is more desire to get here. And I think if we listen to that more, go on hikes more, take walks more. Do you do that? Will like where if you get stuck, do you just go out for a walk? Like what, what do you? Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I should do most of the time. Like I have done it and I know it helps. <laughs> like I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm just kind of sitting here staring. If I know if I go on a walk and it doesn't even have to be a long one. I could just like do 10 minutes and come back and be like, Oh, that helps. Uh, mm-hmm. Which always makes my my just a little bit mad that how effective it is because i'm like it shouldn't be that easy to get my brain to work, go back online yeah yeah i mean i i, I would say the same thing I, it's the paralysis i call it the adhd paralysis yeah. where you stare at a problem and you're just being hard on yourself really right you're just like i gotta solve this i can solve this and you know or i or it's the you're going so knee deep. There's a, there's, I don't know if you follow this guy on Instagram, it's an ADHD guy. And he says like, what type of, what type of like procrastinator are you or something? And there's like six, there is the getting stuck in a puzzle that has nothing to do with what you need to do or going down the rabbit hole, like here, when really your job is to do macro and you go micro Mm -hmm. one is look at a giant list and you're like too many things to do. I can't do anything. And you're paralyzed. The The next one is go just plain old, simple, going somewhere. I don't like doing this. This is more stimulating. I'm going to do a little bit of this and then I'll come back to this. You never do that. You stay here, you know? And, and like, it was funny because it was like, which one are you? And I was like, fucking all of those, you know, but you're absolutely right. I have a lousy, lousy discipline when it comes to getting up, go for a fucking walk or do a five minute Peloton or do something to just get out of here 
or connect both of these yeah. again. Remember, these are the same, you know, um, I, I, you know, you're right. Like, and, and I, I do get that because <laughs> I'm just like, it's so easy, you know, yeah. but like we make it harder for ourselves, you know, um, how is that possible? <laughs> you know? I, I, Cause I'm like, I know how to fix this and I don't do it. But why brain? <laughs> well, if you were to just try to get like one notch deeper than that, like layered underneath, what do you think it is though? Why we do that? It can't be laziness. It's, it can't be that. Like, what do we think it is? Do we, are we doubtful of it? Do we, you know what I mean? Are we punishing ourselves? Are we um, like, what do you think is happening deep down? Well, there it's what I've identified pretty well is. So it's the executive dysfunction and our, yes. which then is our inability to self-regulate. And mm-hmm. so even though I know the right things to do, I can't regulate my body enough to be like, just do them. Mm-hmm. Cause I like, thought about this the other day when I was like trying to figure out what I want for lunch and being like, I really need to make it simple for lunch because if I have too many steps, I'm just not going to eat lunch. And while that seems ridiculous, it's like my body's like, yeah, there's too many steps. I'm not going to do it. Wow. That's, that's, (laughs) are we all clones? I feel like whenever we talk to, whenever you talk to someone with ADHD, it's so weird. It's the most beautiful thing, the most saddest thing, the most awesome. It's just like, the, it's, it is crazy to think that like Gabar Mate says, you know, he talks about counter will, which mm-hmm. I believe what you're experiencing when the executive function says it's almost like parenting our self parenting skill. It's like you're counter willing your parent, which is just yeah. you. And so you're just like, no. And, and I believe that we just say no to say no. And he doesn't really go deeper than that, but there is a purpose. Like, for example, I'm a very combative person. And I find with partners, I kind of like starting shit, just like a weird, like, I just like starting shit. And my theory is that it's just stimulating. I literally believe it's stimulating. It's why people of ADHD are really able to like shock value really well. But you realize everyone else goes, that's awful. Or that's intense. And you're just like, oh, and you feel really bad, you know, but it's not because we don't feel it. It's because, you know, our, it's not our, we don't need too much to feel and we're desensitized. It's just it's stimulating and we don't realize that we like that, that's how we maybe jumpstart our batteries or how we are able to jumpstart this guy. And, and I think that if the counter will may be a culprit because I, it's exactly right. Like I, I do intermittent fasting. I do 16 hours, no eating eight hour eating window. It's, it's mostly for diet health purposes. Um, when my, my previous partner passed away at the end of 2020, she had a brain aneurysm and I, I just ballooned and, you know, there's a picture of me. I keep to look at what, where I was eating set 18 inch pizzas, one meal, you know, it was a complete just meltdown and, and I wasn't doing well in health anyways. Um, but I just, I ballooned. Uh, you know, and I just was like, I got to do something. And I was staying with a friend, an actor friend of mine who was like fucking chiseled and fit. I'm like, I don't want to look like you. I can't look like you. But, you know, he helped me with this intermittent fasting. It got me healthy. It helped my ADD. It helped cravings. It helped me like separate my identity with food and understand that, oh, so many times I just am snacking. I'm nervous or I'm trying to stimulate. And that's something apparently with people have ADHD is that like we do like to eat because it's like a hack to get in our bodies. And so there's all these intelligent things that we don't realize that our bodies that we discredit or yes, our minds, right. To like are doing to stimulate us. And then you see the repercussions. And so intermittent fasting helps me do that as well. But something I I have to do 
because you have to, when you're breaking fast, you need to break it right when it happens. And I'll be two fifteen, And my partner's like, Hey, I know you're working on the storyboards right now, but like, you know, it's two fifteen. Are you supposed to break fast? Yeah, 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 totally. And then, but I do, I'm like, then I'm like, I, it's just, I ignore it. I've gotten so used to ignoring it. Not because I don't care. I don't want to, not because I'm like, I don't want to gain weight. It has nothing to do with that. It's literally like it's too many steps. It's too many steps. It's too many steps. I'm like, dude, you make a smoothie in seven minutes tops. It doesn't, you know, and, and that's fascinating to me. And I, and like, is that counter will, is that being so obsessed with something? And maybe it's a combination of everything. And I'm sure it's, again, it's the executive dysfunction. That's an interesting sort of, uh, question. I, I did have one thought on, um, a little bit of like what I do with ADHD and just my own personal belief system is that, um, and I don't know if people have access to this, but I do find that people who have ADHD coming outright very early when they meet people, they get on calls, whatever I announce it. I say it. I tell anytime I interview a new crew member, like yesterday with my production designer, who that that's responsible for all the stuff in front of the camera, all the arts, all the, whatever's in front of the camera that has to physically be there. That's art department. That's production designer. I told them really early, I have ADHD and I like within five minutes of the call. And, and some people just go, I heard of that. Or I was told I have that. And you just, you know, you give them the benefit of doubt. Chances are they don't know what you're talking about. So I find that it's freeing to just tell them right away. And it's not to just help you. I think it will help other people help you and other people tweak things and adjust things again for, for Nicole. And we worked together first before we were partners. And the first thing she did is when she went to her therapist, she asked her therapist, what are, what is ADHD and what are the things that ADHD minds have? And I remember she came back and rewrote emails in a structured way. It still wasn't something I could absorb. It was like paragraphs. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> like not going to work for my brain, you know? But like, I, I don't know if that's ever been encouraged because I think some people are more private and I'm just, I'm pretty open, even though I'm actually a shy person. Like I, I have learned how to blah to survive. And I think I do encourage the, the very overt even if it doesn't make sense why you're bringing it up, if you're going to enter a collaborative situation or a discussion with somebody and you need them to understand your neuro function and dysfunction, I think it's an excellent way to, to educate people about that. Um, let them help you help them help you is what I say, you know, um, being very specific with like, these are the kinds of accommodations I need to work well. Like being like when people go, you know, Oh yeah, you can get that to me whenever I'm like, no, do not say that to me. I will never get it to you. Yeah. Give me a deadline. Yeah, I remember you saying too, I think that, I think it was music or headphones. I don't remember what you were saying that really helps you like tune distractions out. But I remember being like, oh, I love that. Like, I like that you, I like that in your, in your podcast, I think why I like your podcast the most out of all ADHD podcasts is one, they're fucking the only ADHD friendly podcast. They're interesting. It's all about talking. Everything is broken down into like layman's and they're fucking short. They're mm -hmm. fucking short. What the fuck? Why is attitude magazine have a two hour discussion by some fucking dude who doesn't have ADHD talking about our brains? Fuck that. And excuse me, fuck you. <laughs> like, why is that guy talking to me like that? And to me, it's like, like, you know, we, we like, 
there's no reason this can't be fun. And, and I think what I found beautiful about your podcast is like, it was the first time that I was like, I want to hang out with this guy. I want to talk to this guy regularly. I want to, if my talking helps anybody, it's something I can do for free. It's easy for me. And I know that people are going to connect and you did the same. And, and like every episode you kind of, I learn who you are more and more because it always comes back to you for little bits and bobs, even this conversation. And so learning how you were coping, it's, it's beautiful to me because I'm like, there's still these unique personalized things where the subtext to me using film language here, Mm. the subtext to me is that, Hey, you have to still figure out your thing. And that's how, you know, you're creative. That's how, you know, if you ask any ADHD person, Mm. their organization tactics, I'm, I almost promise they're all fucking genius. Even if there's still so much mess, like, like when I watch my dad organize his taxes, it's fucking crazy. It's, it's disgusting to me. But then when you see him talk about this is this, this is this, I'm like that dude, like you just put together a fucking opus of a film, you know, Mm -hmm. only just to survive. And that's the kind of thing that I always say, like really helps. So I think, you know, I think just kind of owning it, you know, and maybe not calling it a superpower. I think, you know, you're right. Like, I think it could be misunderstood saying it that way because you're right. It doesn't, you know, well, Superman had his kryptonite, right? Our kryptonite just happens to be 50% of our life, not just 10% or 5%, right? Yeah. But so I do think that's why I always talk about the neurotribe. And if anybody doesn't know what that is, there's a lot of books on neurotribe sort of theory. Um, I'm a big proponent of it. I believe in community and I believe that we all, We all have our powers, I'll say, but we all also have our deficiencies. As my therapist says, your blessing is also your curse. Mm -hmm. I think this is great. I hope we can do it more, you know, and I I apologize if it's all over the place and, you know. I mean, that's an ADHD conversation. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it is. Yeah. I mean, just the one thought I was having is that I think what a lot of people should get out of this is that like, while structure can feel like prison, it's also going to help you thrive. Mm-hmm. I know so many times I'm like, I don't want to do that because it's the structure. And then I'm like, I have no structure. I can't do anything. Um, yeah. And also it's a purpose. What is your purpose? Right? Like that's a deeper question, but like, to me, I'm a storyteller. I believe I have nuggets of interesting things that aren't just interesting, just not entertainment. Like you watch movies. Now the best movies are either full on just fun, guilty pleasure, mm-hmm. or they're actually fucking just amazingly deep movies that are like, shit, I'm shaken to my bone and my core now. And I question things. That's a fucking success. I don't care. Rotten tomatoes. Fuck that. Like, it's like, it's all about like really helping us in this world that we're like spiraling into. And I think that like your structure helps you unlock your gift. It's not, it's, you, you know, everybody needs to erase the idea that you just want to be normal. Like, no, don't waste what you have to be normal. Just understand what normal is, what that definition is, which again, mm-hmm. it's not real. Nobody's normal. Understand what structure, what do you need in your life? How can you do as best of a job doing that as possible to achieve this other thing that you can achieve that other people cannot? Because there is a gift accompanied with this thing that we call a curse. It's only a curse emphasized disorder because that is what Western medicine teaches. Cause it's always about being normal and functional. We are a productive society and you are judged based on your productivity. You know what I mean? And creativity is productivity, even if you can't take it to the bank, you know what I mean? Well, and especially with in 
the Western side of things, we have such an internalized view of uh, individualism and being just on our own. You know, we need to be self-sufficient. And the neurotribe idea is at least look at the community of things. We're n- I don't do anything alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if we have, we don't just need support structure. We need support people in our lives that, you know, are going to help us get through things because we don't need to do everything on our own. And when we acknowledge that we're not doing everything on our own, it gets so much easier to do everything else. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. I think that, yeah, yeah. Like that's exactly right. Um, I think that I, I don't know if you feel this well, but I have this problem where I, I, I do believe I have to do it on my own. And, Mm -hmm. and then, and then, and then I have this counter will where when other people are trying to help me, you know, filmmaking is literally, I need to paint. Oh shit. I have no hands. Okay. Uh, what do I use then? I have to tell other people a, a stroke here. Now you use the wrong color, a stroke there. It takes fucking ever. And when we're as, as tactile creatures that we are, where we need to touch things, like I get into edits, I need to do that. It is so painful to want to rely on others because it's hard too, you know? So it is, it is this thing where we have told ourselves DIY. And that again is a society created thing. Like I think if we were ancient creatures in our village, nobody would have told us this. We would have understood it's, it's a fucking symbiosis, you know, it's a harmony that we all have. And so I think like, you know, I think it's about taking it easy. And I know the one thing I know with people who have ADHD is they're, they're just all hard on themselves, like everybody. And, and I think, you know, it's hard to ask for a partner to be, take it easy on you because sometimes you fucking make their lives hard, but at the same time, it's like, you have the ability to help that and you can help. That's why I would say the best thing I would say is help them help you allow for that freedom and, and know what you can do and what they can do and, and, and educate the others about what you need while also listening. And I think that's, you know, I think that's, that's, that's very important, but um, yeah, man, I, I would love to do this again. Yeah. This is a ton of fun. Oh, and for people listening, the Gabber Mate book was the scattered mind. Mm-hmm. Great book. Yeah. Great book. Um, if you feel sad and cry, don't worry. You're not alone. And, and again, my opinion with Gabor Mate is that he, there is a little bit of a, like, it is what it is kind of thing. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of really new, um, he was kind of the first person to really own and, and create an understanding that this is real. This is a real thing. It can't be dismissed. And it's, it's pretty serious. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I think there's a lot of other books too, a lot of other disciplines on ADHD. There's also different types of ADHD, which I'm sure I think you talk about in your thing. Um, I think there's like, yeah, I forget what they are. Um, but you can also look that up too, which I don't think of Armante talks too much about, but he does mention it. He also has a great podcast. Tim Ferriss is that, yeah. If if anyone wants to listen to like a bite size, I listened to him first, then read his book. It may, it gave me some motivation, but he's got a great bite size understanding. It talks a little more about addiction, but he gets into ADHD as well and uh, some psychedelics too, but we can do that. I'll talk about that later. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm sure some people will be curious to see some of your stuff. Is there any place they can find that easily? Yeah, they could just, uh, they could just probably just type my name in Google, Saman Cash. Uh, they can go to my, either go to my website or just look it up on Google. Yeah. I'll, everything will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Will. Well, thank you so much for coming out. I think people will really enjoy this. There's a lot to get out of it. A lot, a lot. Yeah. You can always listen to it again. Can replay. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye.
Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. And thanks again to Saman for coming on the show. It was awesome having you. If you'd like to learn more about Saman and his work, be sure to check out his website, samankesh.com. There are a ton of fun videos to go check out. I really enjoyed the music video Hungry Child from Hot Chip. There are also short films like Controller and Hit TV, and some commercials that are worth checking out as well. So if you want to see some fun things that an ADHD brain can come up with, it's definitely worth checking out. All right, that's it for this episode. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at hackingyouradhd. And I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can find those on the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I love this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I'd bet you'd get a lot out of it too. Or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the 2 5 10 25 or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tiver's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDRewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. What do Alexander the Great and Winnie the Pooh have in common? Same middle name. <laughs>